Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Tanya Geisler is a life coach from Toronto, Canada, who knows the imposter syndrome like the back of her hand. Her TEDx talk, Owning Your Own Authority, became an instant sensation, and she is credited by the psychologist who originally coined the term, Pauline Rose Glantz, as being a world-leading authority. At one stage or another, all high achievers have wrestled with the imposter syndrome. Celebrities, artists, musicians and share traders have all encountered those feelings that try to tell you you're not good enough. In this interview with Tanya, she defines the complex and gives coaching strategies to own your authority and step into your starring role in life. Tanya Geinsler, hello and welcome to Talking Trading. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Christine Lagarde, Angela Merkel, COO of Facebook, Sheryl Sandberg, Meryl Streep and your lovely self have all encountered it. Tanya, what is the imposter syndrome? The imposter syndrome, it is that beastie, beastie, beastie feeling that it is just a matter of time before everybody figures out that you are a fake, that you have been doing this magical job of pulling the wool over every single person's eye, and it stops us from doing our greatest work, and that to me is unacceptable. How have you come across the imposter syndrome? Well, I didn't know that it had a name, of course, like most things, right? Like I was just kind of going through and I just had these qualities that um, anytime I felt any level of success, that uh, it was just a matter of time before it all disappeared Uh, or anytime I was about to set embark on something new and exciting, there was no way that I was going to be able to pull that off. Um, And it just kind of kept this quality of innate an understanding of my innate greatness. So, you know, I can actually feel like that little grin right there in my cheeks as I say that here in front of your thousands of listeners, my innate greatness. And yet there was something that kept stopping me, which was different from the run of the mill saboteur that, um, trying to keep you small kind of inner critic different from that. More like, um, more like this quality of, you're out of integrity because you're not supposed to be here. So it really challenges the integrity piece. Okay. So what sort of thoughts accompany the imposter syndrome? It's just a matter of time before they find out you're fake. It's probably like the grandmama, I think of it because it really just sort of nails, it just really encapsulates everything. The fakeness, the, the, the the quality that there's external constructs as well as internal constructs. Um, so that's, that's a, that's a really huge one. It also really loves competence extremities. You are all or nothing. And there's that Um, quote by John Lennon, right? 
Mm, no, I love that one. Part of me thinks that I am a complete loser, and the other part of me thinks that I am God Almighty. <laughs> and that, of course, both are complete lies. So that's what it really wants you to to really root into. So, and then of course that is you know your complete success or an abject failure. You know, there's no room. There's no room for discernment when you're dealing with the imposter complex. Okay, so do women suffer the imposter complex more than men? So Valerie Young did a fantastic book um, called The Secrets of Successful Women. Maybe you can put that in the show notes because I think I might have got that a little bit wrong. There's some, there's a mis- the word missing in that title. Um, so she really did look specifically at women. And I always want to give due props to Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes who came up with this back in 78. They discovered it by speaking to very high-functioning, high-profile, um, high-achieving, high high-functioning women back in 1978. So it showed up, this is where it was first discovered or, 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 or documented, shall I say, was in women. And my work is largely with women. And I have enough experience with men to know that they certainly, certainly experience it. They come at it from a different way. So Valerie Young really speaks to this in the way that we are all raised. So men, you know, huge generalizations here, but men are really told to just kind of roll with it, you know, really just, you know, fake it till they make it kind of thing. Whereas we have a, we have a more challenging time with it. There's some really fantastic evidence that, you know, 60% of men, even if they don't feel like they're prepared for a job are going to apply for it. Whereas women, if they're not a hundred percent certain they're going to get the job, they're not going to apply. So there's, you know, huge gulf here still. And the other place that I always look when I talk to people about the imposter complex, as it relates to women, women is the more hats you wear, the more places it shows up. And as women, we tend to wear a lot of hats. Again, gross generalization. I understand that that's not true for everybody. Um, but the more hats you wear as a, you know, as a caregiver, as a entrepreneur, as a trader, as a, as a daughter, a wife, you know, all of these different hats, there are all these different places that we're like, mm, I really don't know what I'm doing. And somebody's going to find out soon enough. Because that's something our traders suffer from. We have a lot of female traders and they will systematically underestimate their performance and ability as a trader. Whereas if you talk Mm -hmm. to a man about a man's achievements, often the man will be going, well, I did it well because I'm totally awesome. Like, that's just who I am, right? Right? But the the woman will go, oh, my God, well, it was good luck or I had a good day or somebody Mm -hmm. helped me. They won't Mm -hmm. credit themselves with the success. We have this very curious, you know, and like, just do this for yourself anecdotally in the next 24 hours. Have the conversations about superstitions. Honest to goodness, I think a huge part of it is that we don't want to jinx it, right? We don't want to jinx it. Just like if you're driving along somewhere and you've got fantastic traffic, the woman, the man will say, this is great traffic. And the woman's going to say, don't jinx it, right? So I have a feeling that there's something linked in with that as well, because we really don't want the other shoe to drop. So Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of Facebook, says that the women's equality movement has stalled and it's stalled because women lack confidence in themselves. Do you agree with that? I agree with, uh, yes, I do. And I have a feeling that one of our challenges is that we are not doing the best job that we can to lift each other up. So, I mean, you know, okay, so, so go from Sheryl Sandberg to the Dalai Lama. Like, we cover everybody here, right? <laughs> so, the, so the Dalai Lama was quoted fairly famously for saying, you know, the Western woman and, of course, the, the, the industrialized nation women will save the world. 
I honestly and truly have a belief that what where he's going there, and there's lots of different theories about what he's actually talking about, but I have a really strong sense that if we as sisters, yes. if we don't start to lift each other up, and if we don't stop cutting each other down, then we are, we're not getting anywhere. So it's also this, um, when we say, when we undermine our successes, that's also something about trying to make everybody around us feel better. Mm, yeah, right. Like we got to do that. That's a job. We got to make everybody feel comfortable. We got to, we can't be too much. We can't shine too brightly. But here's the thing. I don't know. If there's anything more glorious than watching somebody really rock it out on stage, really rock it out professionally. Really, you know, if it, from, it comes from a place of, of integrity and authenticity and talent. Like, isn't it incredible to watch Beyonce on stage? What wasn't thrilling when she released all of that music? like over you know overnight um at christmas time you're like damn but it was just like yes there it is there is sheer talent it was impossible not to celebrate with her impossible not to dance with her so why do we relegate that to the Beyonce's? why what why can't we hold each other in that same way and i think that intrinsically we want to. I really, 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 really believe that your people want you to succeed. So you need to let them. Okay. So talk about totally bodacious performances on stage. Your TEDx talk rocked. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Mm, that's funny. That's so funny. I, you know, I love, oh God, I love doing that talk. I love doing that talk. So I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a leadership coach. Yeah. And it is so important to me when I start working with somebody that we understand what was somebody's peak experience. So sometimes people go to like, well, it's supposed to be my daughter being born. It's supposed to be my wedding day, or it's supposed to be the day that I won this huge achievement. It doesn't, whatever the moment was for you that had you feeling alive and on fire and perfectly in flow. That moment for me happened to be when I was in high school on stage, I was feeling performance. I was feeling connection. I was feeling inspiration. You know, like I really, you know, it was a pretty awesome thing. I, You've alluded to it. I did this whole Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure thing. It was ridiculous. And it was, it was, you know, I really, really connected with the audience and I brought the house down. It was awesome. So I've always known that. I've always known that part of who I am at my core, I need to be connecting. I need to be doing some level of performance. I need to be creating some sort of an impact. So that has followed me. So anytime that I have been out of integrity with myself, I haven't been honoring those attributes of my, my peak experience. Okay? So that... Fast forward to like 20 years later, I get to do this TEDx talk. The topic is between uh, what is real and what is imagined. So I wanted to talk about saboteurs, and I knew that that was way too big, so I picked the grandmama, like I said, the imposter complex. Because, of course, it was extremely meta. Who am I to talk about the imposter complex? Who am I? You know, I haven't done all this incredible work that Pauline Clance and Susanna Himes have been doing. I'm just, you know... A a 40-year-old life coach from Toronto who's very overprivileged. And then as I was writing it, I realized just how many places it had been in my life. Like I said, every time I had any sort of success, any time I wanted to start something new, and I realized this was this was just going to be a traveling companion. And if we don't figure out how to be with this as high-functioning, high-achieving women in particular, we're not going anywhere. And that to me is crap. We got to go somewhere. So how do we go somewhere? How do we get into our starring roles in life? 
Well, we first we decide why it's important. And that why it's important is usually rooted to that peak experience, which if we look a little deeper into the experience, we understand our brand of joy, what really brings us alive. And if the reason we're deciding to do something isn't linked with what I call our brand of joy, then it is a that is a, a goal that is not worth chasing. So really understanding the why underneath our goals ensuring that it is inextricably linked with our own personal brand of joy, not our parents, not our partners, not our children's, not our former bosses that have totally forgotten about us, our own goals. And then we decide to strive rooted in this truth. Now it matters. Now it really, really matters. And then we move into, uh, then we actually have to face all of the objections, all of the reasons we can't have it exactly as we want it. Um, because there are here anyway, right? It's like we, we're constantly telling ourselves why we can't have it be a certain way. So just we need to go through all of that what I call meet the critics, um, understand what are, what's real, what's imagined, what are red herrings, what are actual gaps that need to get filled, right? So that we can be very discerning about it and actually start having some strategies around how we're actually going to get what we want. And then we need to really root into what is true about our abilities. So, you know, we talk about fake it till you make it. I actually don't think that that is a particularly helpful. Well, I had this conversation with Pauline Clance, name dropper that I am. And we were talking about it because I get into a bit of hot water about this because, you know, fake it till you make it. There is some scientific evidence that if you stay, you know, Amy Cuddy did an amazing TED talk on this, um, that if you stand in a power stance, that, that it's been clinically proven that you can walk into a situation far more, um, capably inspired, you're just way more confident, which that's a fantastic way to go about it. I just think from a, from a long-term perspective, if you are, I just don't think that you can add a layer of fakery on top of an already impostery kind of situation, right? It's like, it, it's mm. going to exacerbate your sense of imposterhood. If you sort of say, I, fake, I faked it here, Look, look at me. Isn't that fabulous? Doesn't really have an enduring kind of quality because that just puts us back into the I didn't deserve it in the first place, which is basically what the imposter complex is. So I just feel like it's this, this self-fulfilling prophecy. So really and truly, what's far more enduring is to be able to root into the why. Why was I invited on that TEDx stage? I was invited because they knew that I was going to be able to put on a fantastic show, that they had seen the, the body of work that I had created, which was pretty weighty and, and academic and entertaining. So those were the reasons. What's the antidote to the imposter syndrome? What sort of things should we be telling ourselves to get over it? Hmm. Okay. Well, so I, there's there's two more places that I want people to go if they're really looking at this. So now they've, now they've looked at the critics, they've understood, then they're rooted into proof positive. What's here? They've bolstered their own authority thesis. Everything they have won, uh, delivered, succeeded, healed, survived, all of those things that have got them to where they are as they're stepping up to that mic or about to take to sign that deal, whatever it is, they, they have created those circumstances. And then it is time to call in get that cast of characters to support them. Ask for help, ask for help, ask for help because your people do want you to succeed and they will get you there. 
that is like that. If there's nothing else, ask for help. Your people want you to succeed. I honestly think that there is no stronger antidote to the imposter complex than that. Um, and I know, you know, I, I hear that. I'm actually hearing some, I'm, I'm feeling somebody listening to that and say, actually, I don't think that that is true in my life. I actually feel like most people would rather I didn't succeed. Then I say with love and compassion to that woman who's out there, who's feeling that um, it is time to look farther afield. It is time to, there are people that are just wanting like there is a way in which you can kind of feel that the world really does want to support you you just might not have the right people in your life right now if you're feeling shot down if you're feeling um, that your success is intimidating to them that is their stuff and there's a whole group of women over there who really 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 want you as part of their team they want you on their bus because that's a really beautiful bus to be on. And then you've got to do the work. You've got to make the calls. You've got to do the pitches. You've got to keep at it. Persist, persist, persist. Your tenacity is currency. And then you've got to celebrate. And this is what we are so bad at doing. We are so fantastic about throwing parties for other people. We are so great about, you know, remembering each other's birthdays. And what we need to do is we really need to celebrate our own achievements because that roots it into the way it's supposed to be and prepares us for the next beautiful goal that we want to set for ourselves rooted back in our brand of joy. Okay, so this is a whole, it's like a technology. It just keeps going up and up and up and up and up. I love this way of this accountability in action, this sort of, you know, we are all better when we are speaking about this, when we name it. Um, and that's the reason Cheryl Sandberg's book really struck a chord because it was, there was sweet relief when we realized that people at their top of their game, Maya Angelou, you know, had this experience because it's like, it's just this, ah, I'm in good company. And the best news about the imposter complex, and I always think this is really important, it means that you are high achieving. It means that you are high functioning. It means that you do have strong values of excellence and mastery which is why you are at the top of your game, which is why you're always going to experience this. Tanya, what services would you like to offer our listeners? Oh, I'd love to offer your listeners some coaching. I am so, so, so passionate, as you are, about financial independence and freedom. Um, I do Skype. I do, you know, over the phone. But, of course, Skype is far more reasonable for you or Google Hangouts as well. Okay, so how do people find you? What do they look under? They look what well, they go to tanyageisler.com and they can find everything they need to know and to work with me. I love doing these spotlight sessions, which are 90 minutes and they are super power packed and they have a very long shelf life. Like okay. usually people will do a session and they don't need anything else from me for another six months. Tanya Geisler, absolute delight. Thank you for coming mm. on to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Mwah. Mwah. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.